What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Talking with Beauties, episode 75, the Wednesday news. The Winter Classic jerseys have been released, so we're going to talk about that. Cam Rising has made a statement about where he will play next season, and Lance Lynn is headed back to St. Louis. But first, we're going to head into the NFL. Talk about NFL news, we've got a lot of injuries to talk about. Talk about Joe Burrow, so you probably already know, but he is out for the rest of the year. Torn ligament in his right throwing hand. Mark Andrews also left that same game, that Thursday night game, with an ankle problem. Found out that he will be out for the rest of the season as well. Taluna Huafunga, I'm hopefully I'm saying that right. San Francisco Niners, um, their linebacker, he is out for the rest of the season with a torn ACL. Brock Purdy in that same game, though was the first Niner since Joe Montana in 1989 to have a perfect passer rating. So maybe Brock Purdy is back. Maybe the Niners are back back in the positive form. But having, losing Hufunga um, is definitely going to be a big loss there. Zach Wilson is going to be benched this upcoming week against Tim Boyle or for Tim Boyle for the Jets. It's tough news for Wilson. And uh, we'll have to see what's going on with the Jets because I don't really think this is going to be a great uh, swap, but who knows? I mean, maybe Boyle is something better uh, that we don't see in practice every day that that the the coaches do. Joey Bosa is likely to be on the IR. He has a sprained foot, so expect him to be out potentially three to four games. And lastly, Pittsburgh Steelers fired offensive coordinator Matt Canada. NHL. So Montreal has announced Raphael Harvard Pinnard and uh, Jordan Harris will be out for a long time. Harvard Pinnard will be out six to eight weeks, and Harris will be out indefinitely, both with lower body injuries. Better news, though, we got jersey talk. So two things about jerseys. We got Winter Classic, and we got a new thing that the league passed. So the league supposedly passed the idea of using dark helmets for road uniforms. So if you're wearing a white jersey, you don't have to wear a white helmet now, as long as that color helmet does not conflict with the opposite team you're playing against. So you can't have two blue helmets out there, two red helmets two black helmets, whatever. Um, Toronto was the first one to, de- to do this this season, They or actually Carolina was as well. They've been doing it for a while. I don't know how they got past that, but Toronto did it. They debuted their blue helmets in Sweden against the Detroit Red Wings, and I actually thought they looked really good. That red and blue contrast always looks good to me. I think they could have gone red all together against a blue all together. Would have actually looked really good, but anyways, the red and blue contrast looked really good. I thought the blue on the white was was odd at first, but I kind of liked it, warmed up to it after watching the period. So I thought that was pretty cool. Something you might see more often now, teams wearing darker helmets with white jerseys. Talking about Winter Classic jerseys. So yes, we saw that these dropped a little bit earlier than the actual official drop, which was earlier today on Wednesday. We saw them drop, I think, last Friday. Uh, NBA team, the Utah Jazz, dropped or released kind of some pictures of their players walking in, and a couple of them were wearing the Seattle Kraken uh, Winter Classic jerseys. I don't know how they got these. Don't know how there's a connection between the Utah Jazz and Seattle Kraken. Still very unsure on how they would have gotten these, but Seattle never mentioned anything about it. Um, neither did the NHL, but we got we got a first look at those. So for Seattle, there are navy, aqua, and vintage white striping pattern. Two big stripes for, or two color stripes for each color, if that makes sense. So it's a total of six stripes, uh, starting with navy at the top, then aqua in the middle, and vintage white at the bottom with a repeat to end off the bottom half of the jersey. Overall, it, it's kind of busy, but I understand what they're going for, kind of that vintage look from that past Metropolitan's team. 
The logo on the front is a red logo with the word Kraken written on the inside, kind of curving around that S, the modern logo with that older look, just like that uh, Seattle Metropolitans. The numbers, very basic looking numbers, red numbers, looks like kind of felt pattern or felt material, kind of like the numbers a lot. They really do stand out on that jersey template. Score out of 10, I give it a 5.6. Overall, I think it's kind of busy. I understand what they're going for, just not doing it for me. I think that the striping on the reverse retro, which was also very busy, was better executed than the striping on this Winter Classic. I think it's a little too busy, but I mean, I've seen a lot of mix. A lot of people like it, a lot of people don't. Um, The one that gets a lot more uh, criticism is actually the Vegas one. So we'll talk about Vegas right now. It's an all vintage white. At least it looks like a vintage white from the pictures. It could just be a normal white color. But it's all vintage white with uh, gold accents. So gold shoulders, uh, rounded off shoulders with uh, one gold stripe on the, each of the arms and the torso at the bottom. A lot of gold, a lot of white, very basic looking jersey to me. Their logo on the front is just a V, kind of stylized differently. We've never seen this stylized before with Vegas branding it's a gray uh, v the same gray they use in their alternate jerseys or accent colors outlined in that same gold color that's on the shoulders and the striping so all kind of coming back together the font on the arms and the nameplate is the same exact as the font on the v very hard to explain and i i'll make a a post about the pictures with them on there so you guys can check those ones out um give my give your thoughts and feelings so make sure you guys check out the instagram and twitter down below but overall, I think this one's worse than the Seattle one. I think the Seattle one was done a little bit better. That one feels more winter classic feel than the Vegas one. The Vegas one looks like they're trying to be vintage, and they're not, which is 100% correct. They're trying to be vintage, and they're not. They don't really have that history about being an old team. No past history with any of that kind of stuff. Um, so I get this one a 4.1 out of 10. I don't think it's executed well. I think the colors could work together, that vintage white with that gold. I just think because it's it's that color on top of that color without any gray in the jersey, I don't think it works. Um, so I think it's a big miss here. So I, unfortunately, I'm not going to be very excited watching these two jerseys play on the on the ice. But I really do want to see what it looks like with the gloves, the pants, the helmets. We've only seen the jerseys, and we only seen a couple of the players' names on the back uh, for Vegas actually, but nothing for Seattle. So. I want to see the full uniform. Maybe that'll boost it up a little bit better. Maybe even goalie equipment helps that one out. But just the jerseys alone, I don't, I'm not a big fan of them. So bad news right there, but new jerseys are always cool. Let's head to the MLB. So we got a lot of trades to talk about. Um, nothing too crazy, but actually a lot of trades that I was very kind of surprised. I didn't think players were going to be traded this early in the year. But Atlanta, they're going to get uh, new pitchers. Uh, Aaron Bummer from excuse me, the Chicago White Sox, for Michael Soroka. Then you got Kansas City getting Nick Anderson from Atlanta. Milwaukee picks up Jake Powers, outfielder from the New York Yankees. And lastly, Arizona Cardinals picked up Eugenio Suarez, third baseman from the Seattle Mariners. All trades to me, just kind of, eh. I'm kind of surprised about the Suarez one. I know Arizona wanted a a third baseman. I really did hear a lot about Justin Turner signing in the offseason with Arizona, but by looks of it, I don't think they're going to go with two old third basemen here. So I think Suarez is going to be the guy for the Diamondbacks. The Yankees, they hire Brad Osmus as a new bench coach. He was previously over in Oakland. Atlanta signs Ronaldo, Ronaldo Lopez, pitcher, uh, for three years, $30 million. St. Louis, as we said on the top of the show, are bringing back Lance Lynn for one year, $10 million. I think this is, might be near the end of Lance Lynn's career. 
I wouldn't be surprised if he just hung him up after this year or at, at least just stays in, in St. Louis. I don't really see him jumping anywhere else. So um, Lance Lynn going back to the cards. Philadelphia, they re-signed one of their biggest pictures, pitchers excuse me, that was talked about as going to other places. Aaron Nola, he's going to sign seven years, $172 million. I think this is a great pickup. Um, definitely keeping him, him in, in Philadelphia. He's been one of the star guys out there, him and Wheeler back and forth as one of the one-two guys. So very excited for Philadelphia because I think Philadelphia, with these, these two pitchers at their, at their uh, rotation, is definitely going to keep them competitive. They're going to need a couple of other guys to kind of round out that rotation, maybe a 2-3 pitcher. But overall, keeping Nola in Philadelphia, big step forward to keeping this team competitive. Last thing to talk about, Arizona dropped new uniforms too. So they just went to the World Series with uniforms that I think look really good. They uh, ended up bringing in more teal into these jerseys. So a lot of the same jerseys that they had from this past season. The only new one that we've seen is their practice, almost like practice um, spring training jerseys, which is the big A on, on the left side of the black jersey. That is coming back with added some more teal into that. But the other one that's kind of complementing that is almost a, it looks maybe off-white, but it could have just been the picture, just a solid white one. Same thing, a logo on the on the one side with more teal added to it. So all the jerseys will have teal in it. No more sand color, which is actually really unfortunate. I really do like that sand color, good balance. Um, but a lot of fans did like that teal, which I am a fan of the teal, but if you're going to make the teal, we gotta get gotta give us a purple jersey, and there is no new purple jerseys. So four jerseys this upcoming season, um, all new with teal, but zero purple. I believe they're still gonna be wearing their sand color um, City Connect jerseys, so that will still be in the lineup, but that won't be played with very often. Um, I would doubt it more than probably 15 times a season. I'd be very surprised. So. New jerseys for Arizona. What do I rank them out of 10? A 6.8. I think they look good. I think the black one with the, the big logo on there looks good. I think the white one with the big logo looks good. The one I'm not big a fan of is the all red one with the teal. I think those two colors just mash too much. I don't think those, those two colors should be going together too often. Um, it has to be executed well. I just don't know if they executed it well enough. Um, so I would prefer that one to probably go maybe either no teal in that one or make it a purple jersey instead. But... Well, overall, 6.8, not too bad. Most of the jerseys I do like. There's just a few of them that I just kind of like scratch my head and go, I don't know if that's right, but not too bad. College football news. So we got two new things to talk about. So Cam Rising, quarterback for the Utah Utes. He's been out all season long with an ACL injury he had uh, sustained last year um, during the Rose Bowl game. He has come back and has been on sidelines for every single game. Unfortunately, he has not been healthy enough to play. Rising did say, though, that he will be back next season for the Utah Utes. So that's huge news for the Utes as they're going to get their star quarterback back. So maybe Utah gets back to that winning form and be able to stay in the top 25 as they did, unfortunately, drop this past week. Jordan Travis, Florida State quarterback, he's been killing it all season long, suffered a terrible ankle injury looked very bad Travis will be out the rest of the season and he says that he is done he is going into the draft so his Florida State career is over game recap so number three Michigan fended off Maryland 31-24 seemed like a trap game Maryland able to keep it close but not close enough Michigan gets this one done 
Number 10, Louisville beats Miami 38-31. Really just a back-and-forth game. Louisville just had the last laugh in this one. Number 14, Oklahoma beat BYU 31-24. SMU beats Memphis 38-34. Penn, or excuse me, App State messes up the undefeated season for James Madison in overtime with a 26-23 victory. U of A uh, wins 42-18 over the 22-ranked Utah Utes. Clemson puts the upset on number 20, North Carolina, 31-20. UCLA puts an upset on USC, 38-20. K-State, number 21, ranked in the country, beats up on number 25, ranked Kansas, 31-27. Number 5, Washington just holds off Oregon State just enough, 22-20. And lastly, number 9, Missouri, kept it a close one against Florida, but wins this one, 33-31. Let's get into the rankings Georgia is still your number one. Ohio State, your number two. Michigan, your number three. We got a new number four team, though. Washington jumps up one spot to number four. Florida State drops one spot to five. I think, hopefully, it's not because of the injury and just because of the, the strength of schedule, but I think they're, com- they're looking into that injury as potentially uh, catastrophic for the Seminoles. So, hopefully, if they go undefeated and they win the ACC, maybe they jump back up, um, but we'll have to see there. Number 6, 7, 8, 9, and 10 have not moved. It's Oregon, Texas, Alabama, Missouri, and Louisville. Then we got Penn State jumping up 1 to number 11. Ole Miss jumps up 1 to 12. Oklahoma up 1 to 13. LSU up 1 to 14. Arizona jumps up 2 to 15. Oregon State, because of that loss, drops 5 down to 16. Iowa jumps or loses one spot to 17. Notre Dame gets a plus 1 to 18. Kansas State plus 2 to 19. Oklahoma State gets a plus 3 to 20. Tennessee still stays in the top 25, but drops three spots to 21. North Carolina State goes from unranked to 22. Tulane goes up 1 to 23. And the two unranked opponents, Clemson and Liberty, they go up to 24 and 25, respectively. Games to watch this weekend. I got the Friday game, Oregon State versus Oregon. Pac-12 championship games on the line here for Oregon. Oregon loses, Arizona wins. Arizona's in the Pac-12 championship. Oregon wins. No chance for, for Arizona to get in. So it's going to be big for Oregon State. Uh, all Wildcat fans will be Beaver fans on Friday. So that's going to be a great game there. Then we got number two, Oregon, Ohio State versus number three, Michigan. That's going to be college game day site. And that's going to be a great game early in the morning there. A lot on the line there for both teams. North Carolina versus North Carolina State. Really good competitive games here. North Carolina State ranked. UNC just dropping out of that top 25 from this past week. So I think this is going to be a really good matchup. It's really kind of the first time I think this, this game is going to be really good uh, between the two North Carolina schools. And you got Kentucky versus number 10, Louisville. I think it could, could be a pretty competitive game, SEC versus ACC matchup here. And lastly, Florida State versus Florida, another SEC versus ACC matchup. I think it could be a trap game for Florida State, so they really have to keep their heads here and just focus on beating the Gators. Underdog pick. So last week, I picked App State to beat James Madison, at the very least, at cover 11.5. And, and what did they do? They win. They messed up James Madison's perfect record, winning in overtime 26-23. to 23, Covered that 11.5 spread, meaning I get a, a 12 plus 5 for the, the covering of the spread there. 17 points this past weekend, plus the 55 from last week. I'm total of 72 points on the season. Very happy with that. So what do I have this week? I got Florida versus Florida State. I think um, Florida is a six and a half underdog right now. So I'm going to take that. 
I'm not too sure what to expect from the Seminoles. I personally, I think the Seminoles are not going to have any problems, but because they have no quarterback, potentially this is a chance for the Gators to put the upset and really just mess up that Florida State team from having any chance at the playoffs. So I think they have that on their mind too. So I think Florida keeps it close. Potentially wins, but I definitely think they're going to keep it close. Let's head to college hockey. So let's get into the rankings right away. Number one is new. We got North Dakota jumping up from two to one there. Boston College is a plus two up to two. Then you got Quinnipiac plus four up to three. Denver's at four, dropping one spot. Boston University up three spots to five. Wisconsin, who was your number one last week, ends up dropping five spots down to six. Michigan State gets a plus four up to seven. Minnesota drops two to eight. Providence drops four to nine. Maine gets a plus one to ten. UMass drops four to eleven. New Hampshire up one along with Arizona State to twelve and thirteen. Then you got Michigan dropping two to fourteen. West Mich- Western Michigan, excuse me, jumps up one to fifteen. Cornell drops the most, actually, dropping six down to sixteen. St. Cloud gets a plus two up to seventeen. Notre Dame and Penn State both drop one spot from eighteen and nineteen now. And RIT stays put at twenty. Arizona State update from this past weekend. ASU looked good. They swept Anchorage two games on Friday and Saturday. Overall looked really good. Uh, Saturday, or excuse me, Sunday actually. They had a game on Sunday due to the football game. Uh, but Sunday, they looked really good. First two periods, absolute dominance defense. That third period, let them get back into it a little bit, but still had the shutout. So great job by TJ Settenfelter. 3-0 shutout win for the, the Devils there. They improved their record now to 9-2-1. One loss on the road, one loss at home. This team's killing it. They got Providence this upcoming week, which is the number nine team in the country. So it's going to be a tough one. I think if they get a split against Providence, which is definitely plausible, I think they'll move up once again from maybe a, a 13 up to maybe 11. Of course, we have to wait to see what happens with other teams around the country. But I think Providence is a great team, really good one to go, go up against. And with them dropping all the way down to nine, maybe you get them at a, at a good time right here where they're kind of struggling. You kind of keep that going. So hopefully the Devils are able to figure that one out and get past the Friars there. Games to watch this weekend. So let's start in the NHL. So I know Friday is technically not the weekend, but because of the break, because we got uh, Black Friday on Friday, no one's working. You got to have that that uh, weekend feel. So on Friday, 1230 uh, p.m. Pacific time, I'm back in California, so all the times will be Pacific this upcoming thing. You got the Kings versus the Ducks. This is really the most competitive I think it, this is, has been in the last couple of years. Both teams are doing really well. Kings a little bit better than the Ducks. But I think the Ducks have a chance to stay in there, keep it close against LA. I think it's going to be a great game on Friday. NFL on Sunday. You got the Jags versus the Texans, 10 a.m. on CBS. College football, of course, you got to go Ohio State versus Michigan, Saturday, 9 a.m. on Fox. And best matchup against college hockey, Two games, you got number seven, Michigan State, versus number eight, Minnesota. Big thing for rankings here. Uh, I think Minnesota wins this one. Uh, they're kind of struggling a little bit, but I think Minnesota is going to come back and, and get uh, two games out of this one. Could see it being split, but if I had to pick one team to win, I'm going to go Minnesota in the upset here. Well, guys, that would do it for this episode. Thank you very much for listening. I know it was a very quick episode. wanted to get this one out here. I'm on break as well. So I had some other stuff I've been doing, but I wanted to get you guys an episode. So I'm glad you guys tuned in and listened to this quick one. Hope you guys have an awesome Thanksgiving. Have an awesome weekend. Watch some sports. We'll see you next week.